0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the next episode of the Justice Revolution or or this clown show that we call the Justice Revolution. (laughs) I love the faces you're giving me right now, Crash. This is your host, James the Patriot. Um, Today is May the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Thank you guys so much for being here. I have with me my my ever so faithful producer and my fill-in co-host, I have justice and crash. Say hello, you guys.
1: Hello. Hey, guys.
0: So um, as many of you know, Erica, our our co-host, hasn't been with us the last couple of shows. She has been right up to her neck with um, moving into this new property that she's been talking about. So um, I texted her earlier today and said, hey, are you going to be able to join us? And she says, oh my gosh, it's still, she's like, I can't even think about putting on a show let alone getting in the shower right now so i was like okay well in that case we will (laughs) catch you on the next episode
1: we have each other's backs
0: yes we do thank you so crash thank you so much for filling in again appreciate you joining how's life down in beautiful mississippi
1: uh it's very wet but luckily i got the garden done right before the rain started so
0: so you guys getting getting some rain right now
1: yeah we've had at least a couple inches this morning
0: have you yep oh nice well it's Gosh, I mean, it, Justice knows we've, we've, been, we've been swimming here in Utah <laughs> with, with all the snow that we got and this year, and then it's been raining the last couple of days. It's actually fairly decent right now, but I guess we'll see. So, um, But anyway, guys, we have a really good show for you today. I, I'm actually really excited um, because we are going to be talking with Dr. Kirk Moore. Um, I'm going to bring him on here in just a second, but um, some of you may know the situation. But I don't want to butcher it, so I'm going to have Dr. Moore introduce himself and let him know what's going on. But suffice it to say, Dr. Moore was taking a very bold stand against the um, – what What can I say that's not going to get us knocked off of any it's, platforms? It's
1: tyranny. It's fascism. The, 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 fascism. The, the, tyr-
0: the, the tyrannical garbage that they were shoving down our throats regarding – Well, it's,
1: it's literally fascism. It's it's the – you know it's state, government, and – corporations yeah. colluding against the people. So that's literally okay. what it was. So
0: all right, I like it. That looks good. Okay, so like with that. that, I'm I'm gonna add Dr. Moore. Looks like you just joined. Hey, hey Kirk, how are you?
2: <laughs> James Horgan, Nice to meet good. you. Man.
0: Good. Hey, it's hey, oh. I got my late afternoon drink too. So I hear you. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're
1: all drinking beer. It's Friday. And Cinco de Mayo. We're good. I didn't
0: say it was beer. I said I just got my drink. It's a, it's my, my oh, oh, Celsius. So. There's that's only the
2: one right. Celsius that my son will drink. Which one's that?
0: This one is the mango. What is this one? Mango passion fruit. It's it's okay. My favorite is the kiwi one. They Dash have
1: manly drinks over there. Don't yeah. you
0: know it?
3: <laughs> so don't you know it's, it? Hey, don't not don't, don't make
0: us show you our guns yeah. now. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My husband drinks the same thing, and I say the same thing.
0: <laughs> Do you? Well, that's good. Well, Dr. Moore, thank you so much for joining. So uh, we appreciate you coming on. I know you've you've been on with Crash and with Justice uh, earlier this week um i don't know if they filled you in on what this podcast and what this broadcast is is about we we focus more on uh, on the law side of things on on the courts and the processes and so why don't you just fill us in what what happened take us back to wherever you want to start to where you are now and what's going on boy uh I guess how much time you got? <laughs> Wait, we well yeah. again. We uh, we've been known I to go up to two kids. hours. I try not to keep it that long if we don't. If yeah, we don't have, no, no. So. Um, I
1: have till my kids tap out, but y'all can keep going.
0: Yeah.
2: So yeah, <laughs> Crash, you you tapped out last time with your kids. Um. So, uh, well, James, listen. The um, I really appreciate being on here because that's kind of the situation that I'm in right now is the legal side of it and trying to figure that out. Um, and you know, trying to navigate all that. Um. What happened to me is, or us actually, I should say, it's not just me, it's four of us and my business. Um, we were indicted uh, in January for uh, allegedly um, giving fake vaccines and or placebo saline shots to kids and adults. Um, and and then uh, and I guess then counterfeiting the vaccine cards so that then they could kind of continue to participate in society. Um, the, um, the indictment, uh, has 1,937 doses. They claim that I committed fraud by, uh, um, dumping them down the drain, um, and, or getting rid of them somehow, but, uh, not giving them to the patients as they were supposed to have been administered again, allegedly. Um, and... Um, And then there's a, so there's a conspiracy charge in there as well, because we conspired together to do this. And then I'm assuming that the conspiracy charge also kind of extends across the doctor patient relationship as well, um, because me giving them a card that purportedly wasn't uh, an indication or me claiming that I had vaccinated them when they went out and used it as if they were vaccinated and the government is claiming that they weren't vaccinated. so that's the conspiracy charge, and then uh, and then the counterfeiting charge along with that as well. So that's where we stand. Um, it's one thousand nine hundred and thirty-seven doses, which adds up to I want to th- I don't remember the exact number. Um, I don't have the indictment sitting here on my desk, but it's roughly twenty-seven, twenty-eight thousand um, dollars worth of product that we uh, allegedly got rid of. And then there's they, the, the additional claim that they have is, is that we took money um, at $50 uh, per vaccination, um, and then they multiplied that at $50 times 1,937 doses, um, and uh, that comes up to about 96 grand. So it's about $125,000 worth of um, restitution, I guess, that would be there. There's a fine involved in all this that I found out uh, at the arraignment, which is over $700,000, seven hundred and twenty, dollars or $780,000, and and then a jail term if convicted, uh, which could be anywhere from, I've been told at one end of the spectrum, 16 to 28 months, and then at the other end of the spectrum, up to 15 years. So I, I don't know um, how that big discrepancy, I guess these, they go into kind of like a tabulation of some sort of a chart, um, and based upon a point system, depending on the number of convictions. Um, so that's that's where we stand on the legal side um, you know there's there's a lot of background to that but uh, you know I'll, I'll just I'll sit here and answer questions for you or you know expand however you want
0: <laughs> where to, where to begin uh,
1: <laughs> how do we defend you, a hero
0: yeah well I just I, I think for me to really understand this and, and to get a better understanding of where you're coming from is is do you by chance know the uh, criminal, codes that you're being charged under
2: yeah so it's 18 us code 371 641 and 642
0: all right let's start with 371 okay and then you said six what was it
2: 641 and 642
0: 642 all right so i am um like i said I'm, i'm one of those those wackadoodles where i have to just let's read it let's see what it says and um well, let's just dive into it and see if this really actually applies. So let me share my screen here. Okay. So um, just for those of you guys who are watching, um, again, I'm one of those weirdos again, because I, I enjoy this stuff. I, has, I have a subscription to Westlaw Classics. So you, most of you aren't going to find this, but this is the United States annotated code. United States code annotated. So what, what does that mean exactly? Annotated. You want to take a, a jab at that crash? What that means?
1: put in a order that you can actually read and find?
0: So, sort of. Um, so to get at the basis of this, we live, you know our, our, our society is based on a common law. So when morons, because that's what they are, when morons in Congress put something on a piece of paper and then they all vote on it and then they send it to the next chamber and those morons vote on it and then they send it to the biggest moron of all who signs it into law, we still don't understand or know what they mean, right? So, what annotated code is? Is this? This is um, somebody has asked the question, and it's gone before a judge or the Supreme Court or somewhere, and they've come back and said, "Okay, this is exactly what this means." So it's like translated
1: for non-legal people.
0: There you go. There you go. Okay. It's 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 translated because again, you have there, there's a, there's a there's a distinction between code and what is actual law as referred to as natural law or God's law. So don't don't conflate the two. Um, so let's, let's read this and see exactly what it says. It says, if two or more persons, remember that word, if two or more persons conspire either to commit any offense or to defraud the United States, or blah, 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 each shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than five years or both. If, however, the offense, the commission of which is the object of the conspiracy, is a misdemeanor only, the punishment for such conspiracy shall not exceed the maximum punishment provided by for such misdemeanor. Does that make he sense to anybody? Okay,
1: so if they actually proceed with this charge, then they are saying that this wasn't through Pfizer, this was through DARPA, and it is a United States government thing. not. Yep. So that's the so, only way they can claim this.
0: Here's a couple of things I want to point out real quick. Does this say the United States of America anywhere? No. What does it say? United, United States. Okay. Who is the United States? Well, corporation. <laughs> yeah, let's go back. Let's go back over here. Um, sorry, I'm jumping around a few different places because I believe this is under Title 8, I think. Well, I'm going from uh, I'm going from uh, memory here, so this might not go well. <laughs> Bear with me. Uh, I'm sure it's better than what we could do. Miscellaneous provisions. Gosh, Are you looking
1: it. for the yeah. definition between the two in legal terms?
0: Yeah, basically it says where the United States is a corporation. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there is a federal law that states that the United States—just those two words, United States. Is a corporation and I can't for the life of me remember where it is. I know somebody so that's will it.
2: actually codified James.
0: It is that is codified in federal law. Yes. I didn't know that. Yep. So you have to okay. We again we go back to right words have meaning. So to the general layman, if we read this, if if two or more persons do these things, what what, what does the general layman's terms mean? What what do we take that to mean?
2: Well, general layman is people like you and me that are not exactly. experts in the field.
0: Yeah, right. So if, if we read this, what what's the conclusion? Did you find it there?
1: Cornell University, Law page.
0: Yeah, that's that's where I was just was. I was just on Cornell Law. Um, what's the what's the statute there? Do you know, Crash? Uh,
1: fifteen A. B, okay, there we go. C. Yeah, that's what
0: it is. All right, fifteen. Oh, Commerce and Trade. Here we go. 15, what did you say it was?
1: Uh, it just says 15. I, I just did a search, so it went straight to it. I'm sorry. Okay, 28 USC 3215.
0: There we go. Now we're getting somewhere. 28, 3002,
1: 000... and then 15 in parentheses. 3, 000...
0: 3002.
1: I think you clicked on...
0: Hey, I'm going to interrupt for just a second, James. um, I've got a friend of mine that wants to watch this live. How do they get to us? Um, They should go to YouTube and search for the Justice Revolution. Okay. Thank you. You bet. Here it is right here.
1: There it is.
0: Yeah. United States means a federal corporation, an agency, department, commission, board, or other entity of the United States or an instrumentality of the United States. Okay. So knowing this, and based on the way that the Supreme Court, um, how they how they interpret statutes, they they hold that in, when there's a definition of something, it is to be strictly construed. What that means is what it says is what it means. Okay, so the United States is all of these things. It's not just the one; it's all of them. So that means the United States means an agency department, commission, board, or other entity of the United States. So, for example, Federal Drug Administration, the Federal Aviation Administration, the um, CDC. CDC. Well, technically well, not necessarily.
2: Not. You're right, you're right. Technically Correct.
0: not, but Correct. <laughs> that's an argument for another day. Right, right, right.
2: Sorry. So the Federal now.
0: Elections Commission, the Securities and Exchange Commission, all of those things are they're, they're called, um, political subdivisions of the United States. Okay. So let's go back to the statute. If two or more persons conspire to commit any offense against the United States, right? So that's the corporation.
1: By this, now, why isn't Pfizer being charged with fraud? If they can charge him and their fraud actually is against the United States as a corporation. Mm-hmm and that's why he was forced into this position, then Pfizer should be charged with fraud. I agree with you. And and conspiracy.
0: I agree with you 100%. Okay. Now, I want to... What I want to look for is I want to look for definitions. Okay. So you're saying if two or more persons, right? We already know that United States means the federal corporation. But what does persons mean? So I want to find... Oh, it is right here, United States Defined. And, of course, frick, it's out of plan. Of course it is. You know what? Screw it. <laughs> out of plan, what does that mean? You don't pay enough money? Yeah, well, it, it means that I have to pay extra for it, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. As used in this title, is a territorial sense, includes all places and waters, continental or insular, subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, except the Canal Zone. Yeah, that makes no sense. That so next
1: do this in the Canal Zone.
0: Exactly. Whatever <laughs> that is. Um. Okay. Let me see if I can find what I'm looking for.
1: Uh definition of legal person. Uh, hold on. I'll get you the code. It's yeah, because I. 15 U.S. Code Seven: Person or persons defined.
0: Yeah. So those. They, they typically will not have the same applicability to... Because this is Title 18. This is Crimes and Criminal Procedures. Okay,
3: so, so I want
0: to look within the title here. But if we can't find it... All right, then we'll go back to... What did you say? 15 what?
1: Oh, I clicked out of it because you said you need... Hold on. Hold on. I'll, I'll pull that up.
0: Well, I can find it right here. It's probably right here. Person okay, includes yeah. a natural person, including an individual Indian, a corporation, a partnership, an unincorporated association, a trust, or an estate... <gasps> Or any other public or private entity, including a state or local government or an Indian tribe. Whew. Man, I'm exhausted just reading that.
1: <laughs> I don't know what that drink has in it. But he's...
0: I, hold on. You're let me hyper. get some more. Let me get some You're more.
1: hyper.
3: Mm.
0: All right. Now I can finish my sentence without getting exhausted. Okay. All right. So let me ask you, Kirk. Is this you? Well, it depends what? on whether somebody considers me a natural person. <laughs> so a natural right. person so, is I'm not, not i'm not a corporation
2: well I, again depending on what you want to define as a corporation depending on uh okay. what side of what side of the equation whether it's you know common law versus statutory law uh am i a corporation or not i don't i mean it, i guess that's, Okay, that's hold, hold,
0: hold that thought let's go back to another spot that i'd love to go to we're going to go to american jurisprudence you ever hear that I have. Okay. So American jurisprudence is a collection of decisions from courts around the country on specific things. So we're going to look up a very technical Latin term and it's called "ejusdem." Okay. Generis. Ever hear that? Well, I don't know what G- I know what generis is, but what's the E. Jews Dem? Okay. The rule of a generis. Okay. Well, the writing in here is really small. So I'm going to have to put it Yeah. I'm
1: up. thinking I need some reading glasses here.
0: <laughs> I can. I, and again, I will read all of this stuff because for there's a lot of people who just listen to us on podcast. So the rule of a justum generis. The rule of a generis is at most one of construction to be resorted to as an aid in the construction of a treaty only when words or phrases are of doubtful meaning. Okay. That's not the one I wanted. Dang it.
1: <laughs> it's like i'm confused okay
0: basically um let me find let me go find the right one um generis means of like kind so okay here we go in the construction of restrictive covenants the general rule of "ejusdem generis applies that is in those instances where a particular enumeration in a restrictive covenant is followed by general terms The latter will be understood as limited in their scope to matters and things of the same general kind or character as those specified. So what that means in layman's terms for the everyday normal person such as myself, and I'm using person in the the common sense of the word, not the legal sense of the, the word. It means you must be all of these things or you are none of these things. Is that right? That is correct.
1: Okay, so because you are not a Native American Indian tribe, you're good.
0: Or, right. or uh, crash, are you, crash, are you a corporation?
1: I have a birth certificate, so that's a are you question.
0: A, okay, shut up with that nonsense. I'm asking you a question. <laughs> are you a corporation?
1: No, I am good. a not.
0: Good, good. Woman. Are you a partnership? No. Are you an unincorporated association? I'm
3: are married. you a trust? <laughs> are you an estate?
0: Or are you any other public or private entity? No. There you go. Okay. So, now we understand the definition of these terms. Let's go back to the statutes and read those again. Let me see if I can get back to where I was. Let will just go here. United States Code Annotated, Title 18. So we read the first one, 371, right? Under um, conspiracy. So we know what that is. Let's go to the next one. You said 641 and 642? Correct. All right. Let's see. That must be right here under counterfeiting and forgery.
1: While you look that up, I'm going to interject. So I was thinking about it last night. And um, under the emergency use authorization, it specifies that you have to have full informed consent. Correct. Correct. so, based on the actual um, crap that they put forward when they gave you those or sold you, I don't know how that worked, but for you to have access to those for your clinic, um, and you did not have an actual insert to provide informed consent, um, yeah, wouldn't that just void the entire thing?
0: yeah, I mean there's 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 so many defenses to this, right? so you have what's called a – um, so in any trial, whether it's a civil or criminal, you have the right to assert affirmative defenses. So, an affer- Kirk, are you familiar with what uh, an affirmative defense is? Yes. Okay, so you know what that is. I'm, I'm just going to educate those others who might not know. An affirmative defense is that if it's proven true, it it, it eviscerates the other side. So they have no claim. So you could use, you could use the provisions of that statute if you wanted to as an as an affirmative
3: defense against this.
0: Okay. So now let's go back. So this this is Title 18-641. This is under um, embezzlement and theft. All right. So now they're saying that you stole money. Whoever right. embezzles, steals, purloins—that's an interesting word—or knowingly. Or knowingly converts to his use or the use of another. Or without authority, blah, 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 blah. A thing of value of the United States is guilty, blah, blah, blah. Okay? So, a couple of, of, of issues that we've already pointed out, right? We've already determined that um, Kirk, did they... In, and, and remind me, in the indictment, they named you, and who else did they name as defendants?
2: So there's four people. There's myself, two of my employees, a neighbor of mine, and then my corporation.
0: Okay. This statute right here absolutely applies to your corporation. I just want to make that very clear. Because... You applied for a business license, correct? Correct. They granted you the business license, and now you're operating the business under those terms. So the business, since it was a creation of the state, they can control the actions of said business. But does that give them the authority to create the actions of you, the man? Not according to this. Exactly. Exactly. So this is what I'm trying to get at. And this is what's, it's been really hard for even me to understand, even though I've been headfirst into all of this over the last two or three years, maybe longer than that. Now there are, there, there are two things to everything. I got my fingers in the right spot. There are two things to everything. There is the natural, the common law side of things. And then there's the statutory law. They are two separate distinct things, right? What the government would have you believe And I say government in a general statutory side that we're talking about right now. Correct. Okay. So what the government would have you to believe. And when I say the government, I am I'm speaking in the general sense of the word that could be either a state government or the federal government is that when a bunch of idiots, because again, that's what they are, get together and put something on paper and vote on it and send it to the other chamber of idiots and they vote on it and they send it to the biggest idiot of them all. Who doesn't even know what day of the week it is unless he's getting chocolate chip ice cream, and he puts a signature to it? That does not make it law. If it violates any of your God-given rights, if it violates any provision of the Constitution, it is null and void as it is applied to you, the man or the woman.
2: And that goes back. That goes back one hundred and two hundred and. 23 years or whatever it is there's 250 something madison. years of
0: jurisprudence of this yes okay you're, you're 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 thinking of the marbury v madison case
3: correct eighteen oh three, is right 1804. 1803
0: it is still the most and it is still it is it is still one of the most widely um cited cited cases because it's right. still true right. All right so let's go back here okay now i want to show you guys two more things Let's go up here to, here we are in Cornell Law School, one of my favorite websites. Let's search out bills of attainder. You guys hear, you ever heard of that? No. What a bill of attainder is? <sighs> okay. Can you guys see this okay? Yes. Is this All right. So we're going to read this. A bill of attainder is a piece of legislation that declares a party is guilty of a crime. Bills of attainder allow the government to punish a party for a perceived crime without first going through the trial process.
2: Bill of attainder allow the government to punish a party for a perceived crime without going through the trial process. So that's a violation of our, I mean, that's a violation of our
0: (laughs) fifth and sixth amendments, right?
1: Minority report stuff, right there, especially with the AI stuff coming out.
0: Here, here it is, you guys. Okay. In the United States, bills of attainder are unconstitutional, as stated in Article 1, Section 9 and Article 1, Section 10 of the United States Constitution.
2: Okay.
0: Article 9 prohibits federal bills of attainder, and Article 10 prohibits bills of attainder by the states. Every single state you're in is going to have a provision under your Declaration of Rights that says, no ex post facto law or bills of attainder or any law obligation, excuse me, impairing the obligation of contract shall be passed. I'm quoting that one word for word from here in Utah, where I live in the Utah Constitution. So, courts have adopted a three-part test to determine if a law functions as a bill of attainder. Number one, the law inflicts punishment. Does this law inflict punishment here? Yes. Shall be fined under this title or imprisoned, not more than 10 years or both. Correct. All right, so that's that's the first prong. Okay. Second prong says the law targets specific named or identifiable individuals or groups. Well, does this law state that whoever? Yeah, that's like whoever is just like a catch all, is it not? Yes. All right. So that that can be argued there. And third, those individuals or groups would otherwise have judicial protections. Oh, no, no, no. You, you know, you're not guilty of this until you go through the trial. So here's my question. If that's the case, then why is anything here that says shall be fined under this or imprisoned that specifies what the sentence is? I thought that the whole purpose of a trial by jury was the jury would determine, yeah, the guy committed the crime. Well, now, now let's determine his the, the the punishment. How severe is the crime? That's not what we're seeing here, is
2: it? Um, Isn't it, is it up to the jury to determine the? It, it, I think it depends on the statute, doesn't it? In terms of whether the jury determines the actual punishment or whether it's kind of statutorily already. No.
0: No. no. Okay. The way that the founders intended this to be, because you guys, let, let me let's just go back here. Let me go back well, to I understand you where know, the, the founders
2: office. intended it. I'm talking about the way it's being instituted in our current.
0: I know, and you've got – this is what I'm trying to say is if you don't know – and I'm not saying you particularly, Kirk. I'm just no, saying no, you no. in general. If you don't know your rights, you don't have any rights.
3: Correct.
0: Okay? If Article 9 – let me get there. Article 1, Section 9, no bill of attainder or ex post facto law shall be passed. What was what was the king doing before um, – before the Revolutionary War, or the or the years leading up to it, do you guys know what was going on?
2: Not specifically. Yet. Um, well,
0: what he was doing is he was issuing bills of attainder. He said, "Okay, oh. these people over here, they believe that they should have a free nation. Round them all up and throw them in jail." That's a bill of attainder, and he would get and he would get a law passed that would say, "If you believe this,
3: then well, you are guilty of this crime, and you will be thrown in jail." He
1: wasn't just throwing them in jail. He was hanging people and executing them.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right? So in that sense of the term, the bill of attainder was pretty harsh in that, you know, even then they didn't even give you the simulated legal process where they, they brought some monkey in with wearing a black robe who says he's a judge and that his job is to judge you fairly. But never mind the fact that he's compensated by the very organization that's prosecuting you. So how 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 do I have an, an impartial judge here? Hmm. Huh. Okay. So let's let's think about that for a second. But that's why this is here. Now, the way that the reason why these statutes are still on the books, and the reason why you have corrupt district attorneys who are still prosecuting people this way, is because they have gotten off. It's like, well, this doesn't constitute a bill of attainder because it doesn't specify you. Really? Well, then who does whoever imply to? Well, that's everyone. Well, doesn't that specify a specific group of people?
1: <laughs> My problem with this isn't the generalization of it, it's actually the specificity of it, stating that exactly. because they are sending this to him, that he has embezzled, stolen, and purloined and knowingly coverted the use. Like I, I mean, it, it's saying that he did all of that, and that's why. Like, if there's so, an implied guilt there, and an implied or er, an and a spelled out punishment.
0: Yeah. So again, go, going back to the the e justum generis term, right? When you read this, they must prove that you embezzled, stole, and purloined. Whatever the heck that means. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It sounds dirty. I'll look it up.
0: It, it does sound dirty. <laughs> <It sounds> dirty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they must they must prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that you did all of these things or if you didn't do those you did this knowingly converts to his use or the use of another. Well, that doesn't help. To or, steal uh,
1: especially in a stealthy way.
0: Ah, okay, there we go.
1: So you're stealthy.
0: That's what they're yeah, saying. Oh, so, and it says here any record voucher money or thing of value of the United States. Okay? So you're Kirk, the indictment net specifies you, two of your employees, and your corporation. Yes, and, with, and three
2: other or three other people. So, my, a, a neighbor, two other, two of my employees, and there's four four people, four individuals okay. in a corporation. Yes,
0: did the, and and I and I haven't. I mean, I remember seeing the indictment briefly a long time ago. I didn't. I didn't do a deep dive into it to see exactly what they're alleging. But was there any testimony? Or was there an affidavit or any anything of that nature from anyone who had personal knowledge or was a quote unquote victim of this alleged crime?
2: So there are no quote unquote victims. Um, well, they they did run a sting operation where a federal agent came in under uh, false pretenses and got a card from so a... entrapment.
0: Yep. So um... that's exactly what that is.
2: So yeah, so that's the only, uh, they had one federal agent that called, scheduled an appointment, went through the whole kind of pre-screening process, uh, and never showed up in the office. And then they had another agent that came and actually uh, presented himself and has it on video where he videotaped the, the quote unquote transaction in
0: the office.
1: Okay, so hey. I don't know too much about this. This is James stuff, but I know entrapment is wrong.
0: Yeah, entrapment is an affirmative defense it absolutely is if if they're entrapped the 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 basis behind entrapment is if they're inducing you to commit a crime just to charge you with that crime that's entrapment
2: well wouldn't they claim that they're investigating whether this crime was happening in the first place and then they um, they were just uh, confirming I, I, that that's what was happening.
1: Well, I'm I'm assuming that in order to entrap you in this situation, they had to actually like say, "Hey, I need this to do whatever they claimed," mm-hmm. and they they gave a situation in which they put you in a position to try to help them out, and um, basically, to me, looking at it from my perspective, they confirmed the whole fascism and the fact mm-hmm. that they came in. And said, I need you to do this in order for me to continue to do something in society, whatever they claimed. And they forced you to, under false pretenses, to commit a crime, which is not actually a crime.
0: Exactly. So, I just want to read this. So, the reason why I love this Westlaw classic is because, again, there are 988 notes of decisions. That means there were 988 cases where... A judge issued a ruling as to what this statute means. Notice what this statute, yellow-
2: statute. Oh, we're looking at six forty-one still. Okay.
0: Yeah. You, you notice? You notice this little yellow flag right up here? I do. This means that courts have looked at this statute unfavorably. So that's what. Okay. See how it says? You can't so really, it's really see it. Says. It's negative treatment. Yes. Okay. So, un- under the notes of decisions, under number one generally, number one is constitutionality. I find the very first one interesting. It says this act providing that the judgment of a conviction against the principal in the crime of embezzlement or larceny or property of the United States should be evidence in the prosecution against the receiver thereof that the property was embezzled or stolen was in violation of the United States Constitutional Sixth Amendment declaring that an accused should be confronted with the witnesses against him. Okay. That's an interesting one. Um, we could spend so much time on all of this, but we don't have that much time to go. Okay. I do want to read this to you, though. Let me stop sharing my screen. I want to read this little tidbit from you. You ever hear of the case Hale versus Hankel? No. Okay, this is a very interesting case, 1947. I think no. Maybe it was earlier than that, 1920 something. The Supreme Court in the in the decision of Hale versus Hankel stated that the individual may stand upon his constitutional rights as a citizen. He is entitled to carry on his private business in his own way. His power to contract is unlimited. He owes no such duty to submit his books and papers for an examination to the state since he receives nothing therefrom. His rights are such as existed by the law of the land, long antecedent to the organization of the state, and can only be taken from him by due process of law and in accordance with the Constitution. Among his rights are a refusal to incriminate himself and the immunity of himself and his property from arrest or seizure except under a warrant of the law. He owes nothing to the public so long as he does not trespass upon their their rights.
1: So he protected their
0: rights. Okay. So again, I ask you, who was harmed by these alleged actions?
2: Well, the only one that was harmed, the the only claim that they have is that the government was harmed
0: because of the money lost.
3: Did you receive an indirect money?
0: Did you did you take any money directly from the government?
2: Uh, I didn't take any money from the government, and I didn't take any money from my patients. Okay. There was no exchange of money. Okay. The only thing I got of value from the government, and that's what they're claiming, is that twenty eight thousand dollars is the one thousand nine hundred and thirty seven doses of vaccines, poison, poison that they gave that they gave me. There was no charge for it but the government paid for it.
1: Here's a question, because um, I'm sure this is gonna come up because of their whole narrative. Um, did anybody die of uh, what they claimed to be COVID that you claimed to have given them a card? No.
3: And here's another statement. The government didn't
1: pay for it. The taxpayers paid for it.
0: Well, correct. So they yeah.
1: brought me, I want my money, not from you, from them.
0: Correct. So no, the government
1: I- has no loss
0: exactly well here's here's the other thing too um kirk did did you go to the government and say hey will you give these to me or did they say hey you're taking these whether you like it or not how did that what was that process like
2: uh no i, I you have to sign up to become you had to sign up to become a COVID 19 vac- vaccine clinic and so i i signed up to
0: do that okay okay so <clears throat> all right so again there's there's a lot of inconsistencies with this now Let's go back to where you are. Um, If I'm in your shoes, Kirk, this is, I'm just speaking from what I would do. I would file a motion to dismiss and ask the court to dismiss the case against you and all the other people involved, but not your clinic. Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Because again, remember, what did I just read there? That the individual can stand upon his rights. The corporation is a, creature of the state and is subject to the laws and bylaws of the state. So those laws that i'm showing you those are bylaws of the federal government govern, governing the actions of corporations like your your business. But my question is this how can you throw a business in jail for 15 years? You can't. Okay? You need to be able to articulate the fact that the court has been deprived of subject matter jurisdiction over you the persons because there is no evidence from the prosecution of any of anyone claiming any injury that has personal knowledge of this okay again remember the united states as defined and you and you're going to go right back there you're going to say title such and such 15 defines the united states as a federal corporation Well, where I am entitled to confront my witnesses. I have a right to to confront my witnesses under the Sixth Amendment. Who am I who is my accuser? The prosecution is not my accuser. They cannot be the accuser.
1: Only person I could think would show up would be Dr. Fauci.
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) that'd be the last thing he does. He'll get thrown in jail himself. Sooner soon, I hope. I hope. I hope. So you have a right to face your accuser. So who is making this claim against me, that the man? Fun. Me as the man, as one of the people. Right? What's what's the banner behind me? We the people. Me as one of the people of the United States of America, and as a citizen of the republic that we live under, I have a right to face my accuser. Who is my accuser? Who's bringing these claims against me? And then well, the federal grand jury
2: harmed, right? Well, they're claiming claiming that it's the, the, you know, that the United States or the federal government or, um, you know, or whatever. I mean, it's they're That's who's claiming that they are the victim. The federal government is saying that they're the victim because I trashed $27,000, $28,000 worth of uh, poison product that they gave me.
0: Okay, great. Then who's going to come in here and testify under oath that that happened and that they have personal knowledge that I did that? Nobody. There you go.
3: And, and also, I mean, based on what I just said, part of your defense can be to follow the money trail. Because if they're saying they're at a monetary loss, the next question is, where did you get your, the money from? Yeah. Because the government is funded by the people.
0: So here's the, the way that this is supposed to work, you guys. We've talked about this before in past episodes. But I'm again, I, we've talked about how the states are violating our rights left and right all day long. Let's talk about how the federal government does it. This is it right here so I am, I am willing to bet dollars to donuts, even though I don't know what that phrase means. I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts.
1: It's gotta be a Canadian (laughs) phrase.
0: Hey, you know, (laughs) you know, maybe I'll just take off. eh? I'm just sorry. I get getting off on a tangent here. I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that the indictment States, the United States as the plaintiff.
2: Correct. In big capital letters.
0: There you go. That, that, and I'll just tell you, whether it's in all caps or not is really irrelevant. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, there's a lot of patriot mythology out there. So, oh, this is all caps, so my name's all caps, it's the straw man. This no, guys, that's just not how it works. Um, you have been duped. There are there are people who work for the three letter agencies that are infiltrating in all of these 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 good people who just want to want to retain the rights that God gave them. So that's not one of them. But what is one of them is if you had truly committed a crime against another man or a woman one where you can be held accountable as one of the people it would say the people of the united states of america or the people of the state of utah or the people of whatever
1: it's just amazing to me that they're claiming that they want this money back but they're spending what another three hundred Million just went to Ukraine today, or something stupid. Or yeah, they're don't... just going
0: to send it to Ukraine and waste it. It's, I mean, it, they want the money back, but they're just going to flush it down the toilet.
2: James, are there are there actual examples of um, the plaintiff being the people of the state mm-hmm. of or the people oh, yeah. of the United States?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So what you're saying is, is that had this indictment said the people of the United States? Um, against us, you know, the, the four of us in their corporation, that would be a
0: different form of indictment. It would, because you got to realize the grand jury process is like this, right? You have the investigators who found evidence, alleged evidence of a wrongdoing. They take that evidence, they give it to the grand jury. The grand jury is supposed to um, interview witnesses, Right. And yeah. then they take all that information to say, okay, we, the grand jury find that there is more than enough evidence to support these charges. Doesn't mean you're guilty of them. It just means there's evidence to support it. So now it can be taken to the next level. So what would happen with that is within that indictment, there would be, and, and, and they, they have a right to conceal someone's identity, you know, out of, out, out of their safety, but it would have a sworn statement from someone Stating that the doctor did this to me, and as a result, this is what happened. I was harmed. Um, You know, there's a crime committed, whatever. But that information, when you were served that indictment, would have been within the face of the document. If it's not, the Supreme Court has held that the indictment is insufficient to hold the charges against you as one of the people. And you have a right to seek those charges to be dismissed. So there's a process that this has to go through, and it, it sucks. It does. I'm not going to lie to you. It sucks. But if you want to know somebody who's really good at this, um, jump onto Telegram and search for Kirk's Law Corner. So Kirk's Law Corner, he just posted a video where he's being criminally charged in Idaho, and he filed a motion to dismiss in the case, and it's a really good one. I would I would say take a look at it. So, I think
3: somebody recommended he connect with Kirk in the affidavits chat. Actually,
0: yeah. So, um, so I would I would take a look at that and see what he's doing and follow him because he's very smart when it comes to separating the two between between natural law and natural man and statutory law and corporate and corporate man, for lack of a better term. Because what I'm seeing here, again, I haven't seen exactly Doyle. no victim no crime so i haven't seen the indictment fully to really read it and understand it but my guess is all they did is they just copied and pasted they just copied what the statute says and put it on the indictment Says that, that on such and such day of time the defendants did this on such and such day and time the defense did this well that does that doesn't that doesn't pass the muster of stating a claim for relief Right. The, the Supreme Court in a recent decision, it's called the, uh, um, the Twombly, the Bell Atlantic v. Twombly, and the Ashcroft v. Iqbal. They have stated that mere recitations of the statute do not suffice to, to raise the complaint to a level where the court can grant relief. That's criminal or civil. Doesn't matter. So if you have a lazy prosecutor where all they're doing is copying and pasting, Code on the indictment, code on the indictment, take it to the grand jury. Hey, you guys vote on this, please. That doesn't grant the court the authority to adjudicate the matter. They're going to do it anyway because it's what they've been doing. You know, I've been saying this for for how many years now? And, 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 you know, Kirk, this is the first time I met you. And Crash, you've known me for a while. The Bar Association has taken our beautiful justice system and they've turned it up on its head. Um, Hey, Artie, I'm going to uh, rebut that right now. A 12B6 motion to dismiss in a civil action. The uh, Supreme Court has stated that motions to dismiss in a civil or in a criminal carry the same amount of weight. So 12B6 refers to a civil action. There are motions to dismiss in criminal as well, even though it's not under the 12B6 because that's the civil rules. So just so you're aware. Those... The the heightened pleading requirements are still there. It doesn't matter if it's criminal or civil. They still must prove, they still must allege facts, factual allegations that rise to the level of going, hey, based on what we see and what we know, this appears to be a crime based on this. You can't just copy and paste the code and put it onto a piece of paper and call it an indictment and have a, a grand jury form and sign it.
2: So that goes back. You're going all the way back to just even the uh, grand jury indictment itself. Yeah. In the sense that they had no right to do what it is that they did, um, even with the grand jury. Now I don't have anything on the
0: grand jury. Am I? Am I allowed to? No. Um, no. I mean, there's and you don't need anything from from the grand jury itself. You don't need that. But what what you need? So. Oh, shoot, that's the wrong one. Um, I had I, I wrote up a, a motion to dismiss for um, another lady here, but she's dealing in a state court. And the Utah State Supreme Court said that um, the information, the charging information or indictment must allege all of the elements as well as the facts supporting those elements. You can't just allege the elements and call it good. And that means the indictment or the information is insufficient. And you can file what's called a motion to quash. You can quash the indictment. You can quash the information and basically say, hey, guys, nice try. Try again. Come back to me when you actually have facts to support your allegations. So I'd have to read the indictment to see it, to know, because like I said, it's it was a long time ago when I looked at this. Um, but <clears throat> um, it, it, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, you can't have it one way on the civil side of things and just get Scott free easy on the criminal side of things. It's, it's the same both ways.
3: Okay.
2: So you, you said before that I need to file a motion to dismiss and you mentioned a few things and I'll have to go back and look at the recording again. Um, yeah. but you said that, uh, that it's going to suck and it's. What yeah. So mean? here's, here's <laughs> what's going to
0: happen. Okay. You have to know what the end game is but you have to play the rules. You have to play the game by the rules to show the higher courts, the court of appeals and possibly even the Supreme court that you played by the rules. So um, there are extraordinary writs that you can seek that are, and they're called extraordinary because they're available for extraordinary situations only. So one of those is is what's called a writ of prohibition. Okay. A writ of prohibition is issued by a superior court generally the court of appeals or a supreme court whether it's a state or the federal supreme court and what that is is it's a writ it's a demand telling a lower court that has been acting without jurisdiction to stop it so you can challenge subject matter jurisdiction at any time even 55 years after the conviction What must a court have in order to have subject matter jurisdiction? Jurisdiction over the subject of the case. Well, we have to go back and understand that courts themselves, just because they exist, they do not have just, they don't have power to do anything that they want to anybody they want. It's not how it's designed. The idea behind the courts were, hey, we have two opposing parties, whether it's criminal or civil, doesn't matter, that are at odds with each other. We need a third-party, independent third-party trier of the facts and trier of the case. That's what the courts are. But if I am the prosecution, I must grant the court the jurisdiction it needs to A, try the case, and then B, make sure that any rulings that that come as a result of that case are binding. So in order to do that, I must have someone withstanding – It's got to be somebody with standing. Standing is a victim. Somebody who was harmed by the actions. Somebody who can show that it's called an injury in fact. That because you did X and as a result of X, I suffered proximate damages. It could either be physical or monetary damages. Does that make sense? I
2: mean, again, that's the whole idea behind fraud is that there has to be a victim. Exactly. That's the premise premise underlying...
0: Yeah, who was defrauded by these alleged actions? Okay. And that's I'm what gonna, you're going um, to
1: caution. Sorry, go ahead, Crash. I just want to caution uh, Dr. Moore here, real quick, that you have to keep in a perspective who's funding these people and who you're going to be going up against because you setting this precedent sets the counter precedent of, okay, well, I can press charges against my doctor for defrauding me. And this is for the people that are actually vaccine injured or somebody died from it.
3: Yeah. So going who
1: to be- asks?
0: Sorry, go ahead, Crash. Finish your no, thought.
1: That's okay. It's implied. You'll get it. Yeah. Go
0: ahead. So, Quahu asked a question. Does standing and injury, in fact, apply in state courts? The answer is yes. They apply in every freaking court, even if it's a mom-and-pop kangaroo court that you're being drag- dragged through over a traffic citation. So, injury, in fact, and standing are two prerequis- prerequisites. God, it's Friday. I can't talk. That the court that right? must. Yeah, the, the, that the moving party, in this case, the prosecution... They must prove that that they even suffered or or whoever they're representing has suffered an injury, in fact, and they have standing to bring these charges. If they fail to do any one of those two things, the court lacks subject matter jurisdiction. But because the, 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 I don't know how to phrase this without being offensive, because the liars... on both sides of these cases, have been doing this like this for so many years because the Bar Association has perverted our justice system. They walked in through here, and they've convinced everyone on both sides of the table that those things are just, oh, they're just formalities. They really don't mean anything. Um, One of, one of the, the individuals that I learned a lot from, I, I really consider him a mentor, even though I've never spoken to him once, but his name is Richard Cornforth, and he estimates that Um, In our legal system today, there are some, I mean, in our, if I'm looking at across the nation, more than 2 million people who are incarcerated are incarcerated unjustly and their cases could be dismissed. That's a massive, massive amount of cases because the prosecution never, they never crossed the threshold or I should say they never opened the door wide enough to let the court in if that makes sense. So you have to be able to figure out how to articulate this on paper and how to, to um, articulate it in a, in a hearing. Because again, in federal court, especially in criminal courts, they do everything through hearings mostly. You do you, you are still required to file any anything you want the court to do in writing. The other side has an opportunity to reply. Now, again, here's another key thing to, to think about. If you file a motion to dismiss and the other side fails to rebut that, Well, then technically they agree, but they'll come to the, they'll come to the hearing and say, Oh no, we, no, we, we, we uh, disagree with everything in this case should not be dismissed. So going back to what I was saying before is you have to have an understanding of what the end game is. Your next step must be a motion to dismiss, to remove you and the other people who are named on the case. You're not saying you're removing the, your, your business because they have every right to, to come after your business and charge your business. They still have to prove it, but they have, no, they have no standing against you and the other people because you can stand on your constitutional protected rights against the fact that, oh, this statute, as it's being applied to me as one of the people, constitutes a bill of attainder. Constitution prohib- prohib- forbids this. Does that make sense? Yes. So you're going to file a motion to dismiss. They're going to go through the rigmarole. The judge is going to deny it. I'm just going to tell you right now. They're going to deny it. Your next step is going to be a file, what's called a motion for reconsideration. You got to give the judge another chance and you got to point out the fact hey, judge, the moving party, the prosecution, has failed to invoke this court's jurisdiction.
3: And so since they've done that,
0: motion, to yep, motion, reconsider- motion for reconsideration. Yep. You say, Judge, I'm asking you to reconsider your decision. There is no evidence in the record that shows the prosecution has invoked or properly invoked this court's jurisdiction because they have failed to bring forward anyone who is claiming an injury in fact or has standing to bring these charges against me as one of the people. Make sure you stick to those things. Don't don't just put your name. Don't just put your, um, your business. Put me as one of the people. Or, or the other co-defendants with you. And the judge is going to deny that as well. Okay, great. Go right ahead, judge. Now, you have got to be able to articulate and show that you did those steps because your next step from there is to file for a petition for a writ of prohibition. This would be typically filed in the federal court system. I think it goes to the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals. It might even go all the way to the United States Supreme Court. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. But again, this is where you're asking a, a court of higher authority to order a court of lower authority that is acting absent of all jurisdiction to stop. And you have to show, hey, higher court, I filed a motion to dismiss. We had an argument on the motion to dismiss. There was no evidence or proof Put into the record by the moving party that gave the court the jurisdiction it needed. The judge denied me anyway. I filed a motion to reconsider. The judge denied me again. I have no other adequate remedy at law. They are attempting to deprive me of my liberty. They are attempting to deprive me of my property. Constitutional protections of due process are very clear. They can only do so in a constitutional court of law. They have failed to invoke a constitutional court of law. It is this court's duty to issue this writ of prohibition, demanding that they stop this trial or dismiss the case against me and the other people. So Does that make sense?
2: It's, no, I, it definitely makes sense. Um, what is um, there, There's going to have to be an argument Yep. Both by the prosecution as well as by the judge to so th- to allow them to reason for the denials on both of those motions.
0: Exactly. So you're you're gonna find where what the, the argument side of things is gonna come. Well, the prosecution is gonna go, oh well, th- th- these crimes were committed here in Utah. This court has jurisdiction to hear this. No, that's territorial jurisdiction, that's not the same thing. You need to be able to articulate, OK, what is subject matter jurisdiction and what what is it that grants the court the authority it needs? And again, it all comes back to someone must have standing. Someone had to have suffered an injury, in fact, and other human beings so
2: saying. So you're underlying the whole underlying premise here is, is that um, the federal government, the United States of America, the prosecution, uh, the prosecutor's office cannot claim to be a victim. Correct. Now, what about the federal agent that came into my office? Okay, was he hurt? Uh, no, absolutely not.
1: Do you want to hurt him now? I'm just kidding.
0: Crash! <laughs> 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 I know. <laughs> she's she's busting out her old uh, her old military days right there in front of us. At, Do you want he, to hurt? No, 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 no. He
1: he was he was uh, he was into. So sorry.
0: <laughs> so no. Um, so. The federal agent cannot be the victim. Why is that? Because, because they're working be up, on behalf be of one of those sub... Remember, they right. work for one of the political subduents. So I'm, I'm assuming that this this federal agent was from the agency that is commonly referred to as the Female Body Inspectors Agency? <laughs> is that the um, one?
2: I, I don't know. There were three agencies involved in this. It was uh, HHS, DHS, and FBI. So
0: I, I don't okay. know yeah. which... So, all three of those agencies are political subdivisions of the corporation known as the United States. Correct.
1: All right. So right. entrapment is the action by a law enforcement personnel, which would be this, to lead an otherwise innocent person to commit a crime in order to arrest or prosecute that person for the crime. Yep.
2: So that- right. They're gonna claim that there was no that I'm not an innocent person. Um, because again, like we were talking about earlier, they were investigating crimes that they purportedly had seen or had known about that had
3: already been, but there, was,
1: but there was no victim, yeah. there was no victim that went to them and said that you that they were injured because of you, so yeah. there was no crime to investigate,
3: Correct.
0: yeah. Um, guys, talk about this real quick, I'll be right back. I just got to r- run out real quick, I'll be right <laughs> okay.
2: Um all right. Well, the interesting thing here, uh, Crash, is, you know, my indictment does say United States of America, although I don't know that that matters. Well, it says um, United States. What's not that?
1: United, it says United States, not United States of America, right? No, the indictment says United States of America. OK. Um, wow. He would know more about what the difference is for that. Right. He He is. Right. This um, is his expert little field. Um, basically, what I would do if I were you is I would do what he's saying, but then I would counter. And I would counter probably at every move just to put pressure back on them. And I think all of y'all should do it is just countersue them because they were not defrauded. You were. When you received those vials, whether you, you don't have to claim that you knew beforehand, but when you received those vials, you had an empty um, sheet whenever you opened up the thing. So um, therefore you could not legally provide informed consent. So... I, I would counter, but that's what I would do. I'm just
2: cause. well no, I understand that, and that's right um, you know again that's that's what takes uh you know legal expertise um, right. and uh you know you, uh, got to find somebody that you know knows how to write these kinds of things um, and to cite the appropriate because you have to cite the appropriate case law um, and yeah you know, and put that all down there, just kind of like what we just went through. Um, It's it's not it's not something that I mean, I I can obviously learn how to do that. Um, um, We're we're supposed to. uh, uh, James, let me ask you a question. My understanding is um, that. If. um, If I file a motion to dismiss based upon lack of jurisdiction everything stops until they can prove jurisdiction is that correct okay
0: once once jurisdiction is challenged it must be proven okay that's that's what that means so and again there's there's two there's two types of jurisdiction the court must have the court must have jurisdiction over the person the court must have jurisdiction over the subject matter you can waive jurisdiction over the person but there's a reason why you can never waive jurisdiction over the subject matter. And that is, that is, that's put in place for constitutional safeguards for us, for we, the people, because again, like we just talked about, the founders were going through this very thing. The King was issuing laws and saying, you group of people are guilty of this crime. Now he took it a step further. He didn't even give them a, a, even a simulation of a legal process today. Today, they hide that under the simulation of a legal process. Oh well, we gave you a trial. You had a trial by jury. Look what's going on right now for all these January six people in in uh, in, in DC.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, we gave you a trial. You had a you had a trial by jury. Really? How many of those people in DC even know who I am? Is that really a, tri- a, a trial of the jury of my peers? I don't think so. So it's it's a it's a simulated legal process. It has the appearance of a legal process and it looks like it's above board and it looks like it's legit, but no, at the end of the day, the law is still a bill of attainder as it's being applied to you. It's unconstitutional. I mean, all of these grounds, Oops, excuse me, all of these grounds. So all of these things need to go in your motion to dismiss.
2: Well, how do I, um, how do I make that claim that this is a bill of attainder? You just, you're just saying that I go through that, cornell law website and um and look at those three stipulations that you said that we looked mm-hmm. at um, yeah and- what, what i would
0: suggest you do kirk is is um send me let's see i think you've got my i don't know if you've got my email or not but um when we when we hang end on. the we'll, show
3: yeah when we end
0: the show hang on i'll give you my contact information i'm going to put you in touch with uh, his name is kirk pendergrass Okay. I've had him on my show a couple of times. He he is one of the more brilliant minds that I've heard of, of in the, in the most recent time about our rights, the rights we have as people against standing up against tyranny, things of that nature. He just, like I said, he's fighting the same fight only in a state court. And in your case, you're in the federal court. Um, they're trying to take his Liberty away too. So he filed a properly filed motion to dismiss. Um, you've got to, you got to see how it's laid out. And when you see how it's laid out, you're like, Oh, this makes sense. They don't have jurisdiction over me, the man. They don't have jurisdiction over the subject matter because there's not another man or woman who's claiming injury, who's claiming harm. So James,
1: um, yeah. sorry. Well, While you were gone, we were talking, and um, something that I feel like he should do, and I kind of brought it up the last couple of times we've talked now, is um, counter and bring charges against the federal government for defrauding him because once he got the vials, there was no way to provide um my brain's not working informed, um, consent. informed consent because he got yeah. A blank
0: yeah insurance. it's called countersuing yeah so you can absolutely countersue now that would be a civil claim right that's not a that's not a criminal claim but you can countersue and say hey we you guys gave me this stuff the law requires informed consent i i could not give informed consent to my patients because there was nothing that came with this right i mean we we were seeing how many videos were being posted of these these uh, practitioners opening the packaging and it's like this, this folded up piece of paper. They unfold it like 16 folds and it's blank on both sides.
2: Well, and it says intentionally left blank on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how, how is it that, that, okay, I have a duty and an obligation to provide my patients informed consent. I can't give them informed consent because I don't know what's in it. So you government have defrauded me and my patients. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many different ways you can go around this. So, Well, that's,
2: uh, I, I don't have any problems with doing that. Well, except for maybe the monetary, uh, monetary issues with, you know, hiring somebody to you know, to help me do that. Or again, I could do it myself.
0: Um, well, there's, there's a, there are a couple of people that I know I I, I've had some discussions. What, what you need to do is you need to find a really good constitutional attorney. Right. And, and, and like I said, guys, I am not about advocating for going out and hiring liars. I'm just not, I mean, I was in case you didn't notice I was really set off at the beginning of the show. Justice and I had a call with with somebody and man this guy is just he was about to make my head explode. I'm like, "Dude, oh, so frustrating." So Crash is just laughing cuz we talked about it beforehand. So um I don't know how you got through the phone call. <laughs> I don't either. I, I it was I felt like I was on a broken record. I'm not kidding you Crash. I'm like, "Hello, I want to go. Hello, McFly, anybody home?" You know that's what I wanted to do. So <laughs> um but it, it, put out some feelers out there for a really good constitutional law attorney. And you and you've got to you've got to weed them out. And you got to weed them out and say, "Okay, hey, do you think we have bills of attainder?" "Oh no, we don't have any bills of attainder. All right, you're done. Get out right. the door." Um do you um do you believe that I have a right to face my accuser? "Oh yeah, you have a right to face your accuser." "Okay, so who is my accuser in this case in this case?" "Oh, it's the United States. All right, you're done." Right. Right? Things like that. It's like, how is it that a corporation can be my accuser? How, how 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 is it that my actions can do harm to a corporation? Now, I'm not saying. Now, if you willfully go in there with the intent to defraud a corporation, right? Let's say, for example, you walk into McDonald's and you have a willful intent to steal money from them or something else of that nature. Okay, yeah, that is a crime because the corporation can suffer that harm, but they have to prove it. And it's not that difficult to prove in, in that case. But in this case, it absolu- it's absolutely near impossible to approve. So I understand you did have an attorney that was representing you. Um, I did. What was the situation with that?
2: Um. I, again, I, uh, I. I just don't think they get it. Good. That's. That's just Mike. Mike, let,
0: let me see if I can guess the reason why you decided to part ways. They came to you and said, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't know the situation. They came to you and said, um, looks like your only way out of this is to take a plea deal. You no, do that, was, that,
3: that I,
1: wasn't. Do they, you know, do, I don't do know they practice that, that
0: far? Okay, they,
1: they're religious about the whole COVID thing.
2: Yeah, they're not on this side of the, they're not on this side of the, uh, uh, of the kind of vaccine
0: jab poison. Okay.
1: So, so that. they think that that's like pouring
0: holy water so, down the drain. So I'm just curious, what, what was their defense strategy?
2: Well, we really hadn't come up with one yet. I, we were trying to, um, I was trying to put together a list of questions and cause I'm entitled to, you know, my own discovery now. Right. So yeah, you are. I think, Um, and so I have, uh, I, I can ask a bunch of questions. Um, the, the struggle is, is that they didn't have enough subject matter knowledge of the whole situation. Um, and we're not of the, you know, same, um, uh, you know, same bent as, as we are about the, you know, about what the vaccine is or what the jab is or what the bioweapon is, what the, you know, whatever. Um, so Um, it was really hard to see eye to eye on that. Um, when you, when you don't have the same, and I don't even want to call it political because it's not political. It's a religious Um, thing. It's just, you know, it's just an underlying philosophical, you know, um, disagreement in terms of where we are in our society right now.
1: The, um. The experts that we had discussed, like the same guys that I had met with, Dr. Ben Marble and all of them, are they willing to testify on your behalf during the yes. trial?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, a
1: lot of people, especially in the law profession, um, haven't looked into any of this. So yeah, I imagine you're going to have a hard time finding somebody.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not going to be tough. I mean, it's not going to be easy to find somebody who's going to be like, well, yeah. Wait a minute. Um, this isn't. This isn't above board, um, but I'm just going to tell you, you're, you're going to be thrown through the freaking mud as a pro se defendant. It's just, that's a sad reality. And it's, it's terrible. It's one that I don't like, but we have ways of don't controlling attorneys. You're going to be thrown through the mud by the judge, thrown through the mud by the prosecution. They're just going to be like, Oh, you think you're so good to defend yourself? Yeah. Good luck I'm with like, that. Nobody
1: else could.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of my other mentors that I've, again, that I've I've really gleaned a lot of information from, Randy Kelton down in Texas. He's like, you know, hey, listen, this is a good old boys club and we're not part of it. So we're, we're just going to play along. But uh, we have ways of controlling what attorneys do. So if you hire an attorney and he doesn't do what you want to do, you bar grieve the crap out of him. <laughs> and he's going to be ticked, all right? Because these attorneys, they're, they're required to, to have um, insurance, malpractice insurance. And every time a grievance is filed against them, they're required to notify their insurance company. So if they get multiple grievances, the insurance company's like, this guy's a, a, a huge risk, a huge liability. We're going to either kick his rates up or we're going to drop him. So there's ways of controlling attorneys to get to, to so you can get them to do what you want them to do. Um, but I digress as far as that goes. So what I would say, you know, when we end the show, Kirk, um, give me your information. I will reach out to Kirk Pendergrass. You guys need to talk for sure.
2: Sure.
0: Um, I think he would be interested to hear your case, hear what's going on. He would have some ideas for you. But like I said, if I'm in your shoes, um, I might conduct I might conduct discovery first. I want to see what they have because you're entitled to everything. You're right. entitled to every even exculpatory evidence, even evidence that would prove that you're innocent. You're entitled right. to all of it. Right. So. Well, that was a warning
2: um, at the arraignment. That's the Brady. That's the Brady. You know, that's the Brady rule. Yes, um, they, Brady you know, rule. Yep. Prosecution was warned at the arraignment.
0: Yeah. Yep. Brady. Brady versus Maryland was where that that decision came from. That's why it's right. called the Brady rule. So, you're entitled to all of it. So you can ask the prosecution, give me everything you have that you're using to build this case against me. And that's again in criminal. Excuse me, criminal cases. They can. They have to give you everything that they're using to, for their case. So if it's not there, they are not allowed to use it. And if they try to bring in, oh, well, we just discovered new evidence. And you're like, wait a second. I didn't see this evidence. So, well, so there's certain things you can uh, do.
2: So then along those lines, though, um, when I ask for my discovery, then am I limited to the scope of what their discovery was?
0: No, you can ask for anything else on, outside of that. That's That's the difference between criminal and civil. Civil, you're only limited to certain things. Like You can only ask for a certain amount of number of documents. You can only ask for a certain number of uh, requests for admission. But in criminal, you can ask for anything that will exonerate you. So you have that right.
2: Okay. Well, that's where I was was trying to go um, from the standpoint of, you know, uh, trying to get, you know, a list of an exhaustive list of questions, an exhaustive list of data and scientific backing and everything that says that, hey, you know, how is it that, you know, I defrauded people when you defrauded us in the first place? Exactly. Um, and, you know, where's the, you know, where's the Moderna data? Where's the Moderna science data? Where's the J&J data? Um, you know, where's the DOD data? Uh, where's the DMED data? Where's this? where's the Medicare data? Uh, how many people are dying? Uh, you know, how yeah. deadly is this? How, where, where, you know, what are the real complications? Um, you know, where, I you know, they, they're the the uh the vers uh the, the vers data has kind of stopped in other words yeah. there are no more it, it's like all of a sudden nobody's reporting to VARES anymore
0: um, yeah and, yeah they're just know. like it's it's gotten to be so bad that they're like i mean it's not an easy process to report to vers as it is i mean you know that
2: right but what i'm saying is is that they that i i my supposition is is that people are still reporting it but they're hiding it or mm-hmm. they're denying they're, you know they're they're denying publication on it um, yeah, and, uh, you know, do I have any evidence of that? I don't, but, um, I, it's, it's a presumption of mine, you know, cause the numbers, yeah. there's still, there, there's, you know, there's still people dying. Um, and there's still people that are suffering consequences and yet the numbers aren't changing that much. And,
0: well, um, like I said, I mean, where, where you are now is you're in the discovery process. You're entitled to ask for anything that will exonerate you, anything. Okay.
1: What's the name of that lawyer that, um has been defending the military members and stuff. I can't remember his name right now. Well, oh, right.
0: Tom Renz.
1: Yes. Then- You're
0: thinking of Tom Renz? Yeah. Yes. Have you
1: contacted him to see if he'll represent um, you? I have,
2: and we've traded text messages a few times, but he's really hard to get a hold of from what I understand.
0: Yeah, he's he's um, swamped. I, I was going to say, there's one guy that I, that I do trust down in Florida. His name is Todd Callender. He's been on the SGT report with me a couple times.
2: Yeah, I've actually talked to him. Um, have you? And, and he's what did he say? About- with his investigator. Um, and so we're kind of, you know, we're going back and forth on that as well. He has a live case going right now in the appeals court in Colorado. He does. Um, yep. and it's the only, my understanding is it's still the only open case, um, that's still pending from the standpoint that has not been dismissed yet. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, those,
0: uh, those are the two guys, again, like I said, of all the, of all the attorneys across this country that are bar bar associated members, there's only two that I that I know and trust and those are the two that I well I shouldn't say that there there might, well, there might be a couple more that I know. Yeah. Well
3: there's but, you know Robert Barnes the, Robert Barnes is uh, you know the
2: attorney for Brooke Jackson uh, as well as Warren Mended Hall. Uh, there's some attorneys with uh, Children's Health Defense uh, yes. um, you know organization um The
1: Highwire also uh, Yeah, and I actually to just got off consent. the phone with
2: I actually just got off the phone with them this morning. about helping put together some um, information for me. Catherine Watt. um, Yes, Catherine, that's the other one I was going to say. She works with um, Sasha Lapova and uh, she put together a 22-page report for me with a bunch of questions and interrogatories and admit or deny questions. Um,
0: Good. Well, if
1: if you can get on the high wire and get this public, I'm sure you'd get um, the funding that you need, too. Mm Well, that's why I say,
0: I mean, where you are right now, Kirk, is you have a right to, to all the discovery, get everything you can. Once you get that stuff back, that's when I would file your motion to dismiss and use the evidence that you got back in discovery to say the evidence from the prosecution shows this and this is what it, what it shows. And, you know, and and if you want, um, again, I'm, I'm happy to, to review anything again. I, what do I know? I'm just some idiot that sits in my house and does a show every Friday. So... (laughs) I'm happy to help in any way I can, um, but uh, where you are, you do need you do need a heavy hitter to help you out with this. And, and those guys you're talking to, any one of them can do it. Any one of them can. So, but if you want an objective uh, an objective review of the documents you're working on, or or heck, even if you know you do end up getting a, a good attorney and you say, hey, what do you think of this? This is what they wrote up for me. Do you think there's anything we could add? Because again, this this is you. This is your life. No, I know. Have a right man. to.
2: You have that's a right why, to
0: say. That's why
2: I'm here with you right now. So, and that's yeah. why I'm trying to, you know, kind of learn and educate myself. Hey, hold on Good. Just a second. Um, I'm going to, I got to go grab somebody that's locked out of my door. We are at that.
0: Yeah, you're fine. No problem. <clears throat> so, anyway, um, what do we think so far, Crash?
1: I mean, in a just world, he wouldn't even be brought up on charges for this. I,
0: correct. That's um, correct.
1: So, I mean, we're, we're in such a corrupt system as it is. I, I don't know how this is going to play out for him, but I, you know, there is no standing. There's no standing. Nobody was hurt.
0: Yeah, So there, there is no. And I agree with that, right? I mean, so again, if, if they're going to go back to, well, you defrauded these people. Okay, well, then there need, there has to be somebody with personal knowledge that can step up and say, yes, they defrauded us. Yes, they did this to us. Right? Going back to my example, right? Like if you walk into McDonald's, well, let's say defraud here. McDonald's, the owner or whoever is going to, ha- oh my gosh, she just decided to show up at your office. I was bringing in some
3: goods.
1: Okay, so no, I forgot my train of thought. Gosh darn it, Justice. Um,
3: two, two,
0: one, two. So, Hold anyway. Um, okay, go yeah, that's what drink. I'm saying is like there if, if you defraud McDonald's, the owner who's going to oh, see okay. the immediate effects of that, they're going to have damage. And they can step up and say, "Well, hey, I own this business. I suffered damages." Okay, so there, there again, if the United States corporation is claiming damages, then who has ownership of that, and who can come into cl- into court and can claim damages?
1: Okay, so here's here's where I was going to go. If they can claim that you not administering the shots is uh, defrauding them. Then what about the people that just didn't use them and they expired? Mm-hmm. Did they defraud? The yeah. Government? What about those
0: people? That's a great question, and that's one you should absolutely write down. And say, okay, so by by what you're saying, Mr. Prosecutor, is that because I chose to deliberate? Or I shouldn't say that because because you're alleging that I didn't use these. Why are not all those other people? All those other. Um, doctors or whatever, whatever you want to call them, practitioners, how can we not bring all those people up on charges for the doses they had that just sat on their shelves and expired? Why aren't they being brought up on on conspiracy charges? Why aren't they being brought up on theft charges? That's a great question. Because that's going to cast a lot of doubt in a jury's mind to go, wait wait a minute, you got a point there. And Why me? And the
1: most amazing and telling thing which I think should be blasted once you've got this whole thing settled is the fact that Nobody got sick. No, nobody died because they didn't get it.
2: Well, they did have a mechanism by which to get rid of the product and you were and so when you received your vaccines, um, if they expired during the time that you had it, uh, there was a, there was a mechanism in place for um, for getting rid of them. Hmm. Um, okay So I, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to look into seeing what exactly what that was. But we had to, we had to, so if we received a hundred doses and then, and then 22 of them went bad because they didn't use them in time before the expiration date, there was a mechanism by which we had to claim that they had expired and and we got rid of them.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, a lot to think about, but what I would suggest, like I said, Kirk is, is I'm going to hook you up with uh, Kirk so You guys can talk. Yeah. Keep uh, keep going down the road you're going. See if you can find one of these these heavy hitters, these uh, these big dogs, whatever you want to call them, like Todd or 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 Tom or any one of those guys. Um, get your get your discovery. See what they've got, and then uh, get your motion to dismiss. So, um, yeah, that's that's all I could say. So, any anything else you want to know from from me or from Crash or anything nope. else? That we might. No, know, I was just going to
2: say my um, and when you stepped away for a minute. Uh, my indictment does say United States of America as plaintiff.
0: Okay. Um,
2: I, I'm not what, sure. What does that, it
0: say exactly? Okay, so United States of America. So, does it say the people of the United States of America? No, it just says
2: United States of America, comma plaintiff, comma versus, and then it says Plastic Surgery Institute of Utah, Michael Kirkmore, Terry Burgoyne, Kristen Jackson, yeah. uh, and so on.
0: Yeah. Just okay. Understand. Still, it's it's that they're coming they're coming forward as the corporation. So. Okay. So and and that, like I said, I mean that's that's a small that's a small little piece of the overall puzzle. I mean, really, what you want to hit on is like we talked about: who has standing to bring these claims? Who suffered an injury? In fact, um, these statutes says applied to me constitute a bill of attainder that's unconstitutionally applied to me was one of the people. And if I'm wrong, you know, okay, the burden of proof is on the moving party. Prove it. Show to this court how you have authority. To charge me, one of the people, with a statute that constitutes a bill of attainder. Now you're going to hear, oh, it's not a bill of attainder, and blah blah blah. You're going to hear it all all over the place. But make the argument. Stick stick to the argument. Stick your ground, because uh, like I said, you're. It's unlikely you're going to get remedy in the district court. Unlikely, but you will get to some. You'll get to a court where there is an adult in the room somewhere. Either at the appellate court, which luckily for us, is the Tenth Circuit Courts of Court of Appeals or at the Supreme Court, and look at the decisions coming out of the Supreme Court recently. So, so
2: um, who makes these decisions on these motions? Is it the magistrate judge, or is it the judge in my case?
0: You know, it's, it's, you're going to have, oh, this is another thing I hate about the federal court. The magistrate judge will issue their report and recommendations. You're going to have to file an objection to that because it's more than likely not going to be what you're looking for then the district judge is gonna issue what's called an order either adopting the report and recommendations or rejecting it. So it's again, it's it's just so that, that process. Separate, is that, that a separate
2: process then? The motion to dismiss that I file. Do I file that with a specific judge or do I just file it with the court? You file it with it the court
0: and then whoever the judge is assigned to your case. So I I happen to know two of the magistrate judges at the United States, the Utah Federal District Court. Do you know which one is assigned to your case? Bennett. Okay, that's that's one I don't know. So he might actually be decent. I don't know. Okay. The other the other two the other two that I've dealt with, one of them is just a I can't stand her. She never does anything within a within a reasonable amount of time. And the other one was actually pretty decent. So.
2: And then my my also my understanding is uh, any motion in federal court has a 14-day limit with which they have to answer. Is that correct?
0: Correct. Yep. Okay. You file the motion, they must file a reply in writing if they oppose it they have 14 days to do it question okay. if they don't then they can't then they're there there's what it's what's called a stopped they cannot oppose it in a, in a hearing
3: correct uh-huh.
2: and then and then that should you know by some maxim of law or something like that then that becomes the uh that that kind of be, i don't want to say becomes law but that becomes the what the judge then has to rule upon
0: silence is acquiescence yes okay
2: um, and then if they file a response, I have another 14 days in which to file a, um, to file a reply a that. Right. Yep. Yep.
0: Okay. And then there's um, no more. And then that's it. You got the three documents. Then you can set the motion for a hearing.
1: Is there anything and, that he can do with the fact that there is a prejudice to this based on their false belief system?
0: Yeah. I mean, you can, you can put that in the motion to dismiss and say, as this case is being prosecuted against me, it, it constitutes a strict prejudice against me because of this or this or this or this. You can make any argument you want as long as it's founded in constitutional law. And this is what I've been trying to teach people and what I'm trying to do better in myself is stay away from statutes. Stay away from what the statute says. Stick to constitutional provisions. It reigns supreme.
1: Well, I mean, the the separation of, um, of church and state, I think could be argued here as well because it has been you can prove in court that the um, the entire dogma of this whole thing is as a religion go to the the temple of vaccinia is a thing um, yeah they they meet I'm not I'm not even kidding you can look it up um, temple of vaccinia yeah it's a thing I'm not kidding yeah. it's, it's a thing it, it's a thing it is it meets it checks every box for either a cult or a religion or really both
3: crazy I know So... Um, so.
1: Yeah,
0: But anyway, um, all right, we're coming up on uh, just a little more than an hour and a half, you guys. Again, okay. a really, really deep conversation here. Dr. Moore, I appreciate you joining us and, and talking about your case a little bit more. So like I said, um, hang on here when we end the show. I'll get your contact info or actually, you know what, Justice has it. I'll have her send it to me um, so I can get you connected with Kirk Pendergrass. Is she
1: hiding behind your green screen? I believe she right is. There?
0: Yeah, she's just sitting on the other side of the desk knew, there. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute you can hear her but we can't see her <laughs> <laughs> She's not hiding
1: you turned her into a beach
3: yeah
2: <laughs> right,
0: it right. Off on my
3: way
2: back. yeah it's that it's that tree right over there that that, that sitting over there it's this
0: tree that's right yep right there right there that one there so all right you guys thank you so much for joining again dr moore thank you for being here crash again thank you for co-hosting we really appreciate you stepping in no um with that, you guys, again, again, I cannot ask you enough. Please, please, please like our videos, subscribe to our channels. It helps us get the word out. Um, share these with your friends. If you find anything that we're sharing here is is useful information that you can utilize in your own situation, your own cases, please do. It just really helps us to get the information out. So with that, we love you all, and we will take, take it to the next episode. Take care, you guys. Bye.